breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Seven FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Hard to believe State Fair of Louisiana already getting ready to open. Uh, preparations being made on the fairgrounds. And we've got Russell Adams with the State Fair of Louisiana on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Russell, good morning, good man. Good morning, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on this morning. Okay, well, what's new this year for the State Fair? Well, we've got uh, security and safety measures that we have uh, did some revamping on and got in place. Uh, the State Fair, uh, we have Rob Brazell, our new uh, uh, manager out here, and uh, he's really done a lot of homework with this, contacted other fairs around the country. Uh, of course, the, you know, the crime problem is, is not just here. It's all over the place. And other fairs have implemented some pretty, pretty uh, tough procedures, safety procedures, and we are... Uh, uh, we've put some in place ourselves, and I think it's going to work well this year. Russell, we know there was an issue with the Texas State Fair. They, Even though they go through metal detectors, apparently somebody got in with a weapon. Uh, how are you going to prevent an incident like that from happening here? Well, we've got, you know, we, we've added metal detectors as well, the walkthroughs. We've not had those before. We've got those two um, at the main gate, and then we've got a walkthrough. Uh, down there by the stadium gate, and uh, with these up to Shreveport police, we've got cameras everywhere. But you know those those little pistols—they're pretty small, and they can be passed through a fence or whatever. Uh, so there's, you know, uh, we're going to do the best we can. We're going to watch it. We've got a lot of eyeballs, a lot of new cameras put up. Uh, the real time crime center uh, will be monitoring. The Shreveport police will be monitoring. So uh, so uh, we're you know we're just going to work really hard and keep this this fair safe. Uh, we've got some new curfew procedures that are in place. You know, we've had some issues in the past where a bunch of kids will show up right there close to closing time. And what was happening is, uh, you know, right before closing, an hour before closing, we, we quit charging admission. And there'd be large groups of kids coming into the fairgrounds to cause problems. Well, we've got curfew measures this year in place that uh, we're going to strictly enforce that. So kids coming in like that will have to be accompanied by a chaperone, an adult. That was my next question. No more unaccompanied minors, is that correct? Well, they can, yeah, up to up to 6. Yeah, this is after 6 p.m. now. You know, if they get here earlier than that, then, you know, they'll be in. But mm-hmm. but we're, uh, like I said, the Shreveport Police, uh, they, they've been over here. The chief has met with us, and we've got uh, some pretty tough procedures in place, and they're going to be watching, and uh, they will have every right if if, if we have an uh, activity that is concerning out here for the police to take them in custody and call their parents and tell them to come get them. Now, you can get discounted tickets through Wednesday, I believe, correct? There are some sp- spots in town and on your website, right? Yes, uh It's got discounted tickets and also uh, participate in Brookshire's and Super One Foods here locally and in some of the out of markets like Texarkana. Uh, I believe Rustin's got... Uh, got a super one over there so yeah we uh we do have discounted tickets so you could definitely save some money and all that will go away now of course when the fair opens up 
uh, with us, we got discounts. So the day's two dollar day, so you can save some money there. And on weekdays, we're free until three, which is a um, a good bargain for for families to get in and get out here early, and I uh, don't pay to come in. And then of course uh, we've got a new child ticket, which is uh, uh, this year it's half price for children three to twelve. So uh, we've not had that before. Well, and another uh, money saving feature: you guys are doing free parking this mm-hmm. year. That's huge. Yeah, that- that is huge. I was going to get to that for sure because free parking is the first we've had in many, many years, probably over twenty years since we've had free parking out of here. Okay, Russell, so, I got uh, I got to get to the uh, I got to get to the food. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's deep fried this year? Oh my! Anything Every, you want to be everything. Fried. Everything. Some of that cheese, they have that Wisconsin cheese. Oh, is there, oh is yeah, there? He, showed, he showed up yesterday, uh, and so he, he comes in from Wisconsin every year, and he yes. does a job, of course. But we've got about a dozen uh, new food vendors that'll be on the midway. You know, uh, barbecue, fried, anything fried you want. Uh, just a uh, lot of lot of good stuff out here this year, and we're really excited and looking forward to getting this fair opened up. Now is that is that pickle pizza? Is that how did that go over last year? I wanted to try it and I didn't get to it. You know, it, it, it kind of sounds disgusting to me, but, yeah. but I had some of it and it's really good. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> Thank you. So uh, yeah, I, I liked it. So uh, and Reuben wants his uh, donut burger. You still got a donut burger out there? I'm sure they'll be here. Yeah. Oh lord, yeah, we've got we've got probably close to 100 food vendors out there, and they're all. Setting up, you know, you'll see a lot of the same ones we had last year. Russell, one more thing before we let you go. One more thing. Um, To those who are listening to you today who say, I'm not bringing my family to the state fair. It's too dangerous down there. You hear that. I know you hear it. We hear it all the time. What do you say to them this morning? Y'all come on out and support the fair. I mean, it's uh, within our gates. Uh, we've got, of course, beefed up Shreveport Police. We actually have four private security companies. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs, a lot of cameras watching, and we're not tolerating any misbehavior. We're going to be escorting people out if we have to or calling their parents. So, uh, And also, I would encourage you to go to our website, statefairlouisiana.com, and look at all our safety measures that we're, we've put in place and security measures, and you can kind of get a feel of what we're doing this year. It's too many to mention on the radio, mm-hmm. but... Like there's over 18 items that we're not even allowing through the gate, and uh, those are all listed on our website. So, uh, uh, and Aaron, if you if you bring a diaper bag, make sure you got a baby with you. We do. That's <laughs> okay, gonna, yeah. That's going to be important, you know. So, but we we will be searching every uh, the bags, the purse sizes uh, need to be smaller. You'll you'll see all that on the website. Uh, in statefairoflouisiana.com. It's got everything you'd want to know about the fair this year. And one real one thing I want to go back to real quickly, Russell, the, the you remember Ray Forcier? He worked here for years and years, ag director, and he was in charge of the rodeo for years. He told me, he yes. said, best burger you ever eat. He said they were set up between Hirsch Coliseum and the uh, the livestock barn. They were just mm-hmm. kind of out of the way. I, it was almost for, like, employees kind of thing. Oh, boy. Russell, that was the best hamburger I'd had other than Papa's. And, and, oh, and, I'm, I'm, yeah. In my life. I, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like that all over the Midway. I mean, they go all out with food items. So if you're on a diet, this is probably not the place. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just have to throw that out the window and have yeah, a good time. Exactly. Russell, thanks right. so much for joining us. We appreciate it. 
Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. State Fair of Louisiana opening Thursday. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, a buddy of mine texted me, said those pickle and pepperoni pizzas at the fair are awesome. He needs to be scratched from your buddy list. Just scratch away. I'm going to be scratched from your buddy list today and from Rubens. Okay. This is, this has um, got me worried because you wouldn't um, tell me. You said you got something bad, but you wouldn't tell me what it was. It's bad. It's really bad. And I feel so terrible for both of you. I, um, you know, I, um, last week had a, a special event, the Heroes Barbecue. It's a wonderful event. Really great event. And I get to go home with a, like a pile of barbecue. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pile of barbecue. And I told you yesterday I would I was going to bring you um, some brisket. Some brisket. I, I said I don't need to be eating all that brisket. All it's a it's a let's envision you know those white go plates that you get that they fold the, the top, boxes the yeah. big boxes clamshell right. go boxes yeah it is loaded with brisket okay one of them has just got brisket to the brim mm-hmm. okay um, had it in the fridge had it sealed up put it in a plastic bag. Got it ready to bring to you guys. I was like, y'all divvy it up however you want to do it. I don't care. I left it on my kitchen table this morning. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Ruben so, and I, okay. you the best of. Let's let her run back to the house. Yeah, yeah I'll, I mean, uh, I'll load some spots, yeah. Can it sit, can it sit there on the table? Till I get home to put it back in the fridge? Or is it going to be ruined? No, no, no. I think as long as Bo doesn't get it. Oh, that's a good question. Too. Oh, yeah. I was worried about that when I, when I ta- started telling the story. He's thinking Bo got it. Bo got it. It fell to the floor. Bo's going to smell it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's going to get up on the kitchen it's, table it's, and snag it. It's going to be too much for a dog to resist. It's <laughs> smelling that brisket all morning. My house is going to be destroyed because he's going to tear up the plastic container or the what do you call that for the foam container yeah, the styrofoam. It's gonna, and the plastic bag and it's going to be all over the house oh, and he's no. just going to have you know if you get home close to uh, after nine we've got a client coming in but right after uh, that you get home and put it back in the fridge and bring it tomorrow i think it'll be okay I'm Ruben, so what do sorry. you think i think it's fine i yeah. think it's fine too <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to give it a try you're yeah. gonna reheat it so you know if, there, right. if there's any germs you're gonna kill them right well you hope I just feel so because I had it all ready. It was Man. nicely wrapped and ready to go. <laughs> and then I go out and then I grab my bottle of water, my purse, my you know all my junk. And then oh, I, you got all the things uh, for you. Yeah, I know all your stuff. You got your stuff. <laughs> I, I told y'all you were going to be mad at me. Uh, I didn't even know I was hungry until you told me that. I know, and I and I I envisioned you guys going down and nuking a couple of pieces of it this morning. <gasps> And literally having Thanks it for, for breakfast. That. Yes. I'm really sorry. And I'm hoping Bo doesn't get into it. Because I didn't feed him this morning either. I said, oh, I'm going to feed you at lunch. You're going to get your lunch when I come home. Right. He's like, forget about that. There's brisket <laughs> oh, on the table. Man. He's going to be he's gonna be laid up there with the meat oh, sweats. Oh, <laughs> man. <sighs> yeah, what happens to a dog after he eats, you know, eight pounds of meat? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all, all kinds of fun intestinal stuff you're going to have to deal with. Okay, who wants to, who wants to dog sit? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'm going to hopefully get hey, home and recover it. You know, I, I didn't know this was happening, and now that I know that I missed out on brisket well, breakfast, it. I'm I'm 
Now uh, I'm really upset. I want to go home. I'm I gonna know. Go home. I didn't I'm know sorry. what I was missing until just now. Ugh. I'm really sorry. This is one of my biggest goof-ups ever, and I'm Crazy. sitting there visualizing it sitting on the table, and it's kind of on the edge, too. I'm going to be oh, honest no. with you. It's kind of on the oh, edge. Bo's got that. That's Bo's brisket now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't you have cameras? Don't you have security cameras? I have a camera in the, in the living room. I don't know. You know, I'm going to look. I'm going to see. He may have drug it in, you know, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> if he got it, he did. He dragged it in the living room. I promise you and oh, he and but wow. the camera in the living yeah i can look in on the living room i'm scared to look oh, <laughs> oh i'm Lord. hoping you don't see anything right now nothing okay good oh, oh it's too dark to see the table i'll have to wait oh can- lord i'm sorry y'all. i feel <laughs> terrible <laughs> God, I'm really, well, I'm really you know, hungry all I would, of a sudden. I'd have, yeah, no kidding. I'd have been fine if you wouldn't have told me that now I'm missing it. I know. I'm fessing up because I'm, I'm promised it to you. And now if I go home and it's destroyed, I'm like, oh, it's gone. Did you have any ribs left? Uh, you're not touching the ribs. Sorry. <laughs> dog, dog, dog. Ribs and coming, chicken is mine. Coming up at 7 o'clock, we've got a really a, 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 a good hour planned uh, Thomas Presley, Alan Sebaugh, and Adam Bass mm-hmm. all going to join us in studio. You bet. Newly elected legislatures, the uh, the uh, uh, complexion, the side. yeah, the complexion of the Senate is now changed, and in, in, with a Republican governor, uh, we've got some. Well, we, hopefully, we've got some salad days in front mm-hmm. of us for the state of Louisiana. We'll see. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarthy. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I see these posts for these tiny homes have you seen those yeah Aaron I don't know how people do that I'd be too claustrophobic I mean I well I got more tools than than I could fit in you know right you really have to downsize I mean you seriously have to downsize big time it, it's yeah you I mean couldn't. it's basically one room with a, like a maybe a bathroom in it and a sink and maybe a little no, cooker of some no. sort. No, why? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I if somebody is into that, maybe explain on the Shreveport Security Systems message board the appeal of living in about a what a forty square foot home. Yeah. I don't know if I if I was a single man, I think I could pull it off. Could you really? Really? Yeah. If it was just not me. at this point in my life. Oh no. man! Uh, be- before I got with Lauren and poofed in with Lauren, I had a futon and two <laughs> baskets of clothes. All of okay. my stuff could well, fit in my you truck. Know, when you wow. say that, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. my, I had a fridge that had a gallon of milk and and you know a uh, leftover pizza in it. Yep. And <laughs> back when, yeah, that's that's true. Gee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I was single, I could totally pull it off. I could. My I'd first be apartment, it was in Highland. Mm-hmm. It was one of those big houses. I was upstairs in the, uh, one of these okay. big houses, and I open. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I opened the fridge to get my because I had like a box of Frosted Flakes and a gallon of milk in the fridge, mm-hmm. and I opened the fridge and a water bug, the size oh. of <laughs> I don't, a tennis ball. Oh. 
Yuck. Was on top of the milk jug, which had a lid on it. Looked at me and goes, like, hey, close the door. We're yeah, not yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. Close the door. <laughs> I went, okay. I picked up my... My my, my the, four shirts I had in the closet, my underwear, and I I left. Oh, <laughs> in said, the no, fridge. In the fridge, and it was living. Wow. I said, no, you can have it. Wow, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Well, uh, noise ordinance. Are the noise police going to be enforcing the decibel levels at the state fair? Oh, or will it fall under some type of privileged exemption? Message on the message board. Uh, we'll talk about the noise ordinance. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarthy. Now, breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, which, by the way, if you download the free Keel app, that's how you can connect with us uh, through the message board. Uh, it says, and I quote, once again, have they consulted a sound engineer about sound levels? I'm not one, but I'm a musician with some knowledge on this. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask the downtown residents what they hear, they will probably say bass. Mid and high range travel relatively flat while bass is omnidirectional. The type of music being played is synthesized and has extremely low bass. If you eliminate the subwoofer, you solve the problem. Don't get hung up on decibels. 75 may be okay inside a structure with good acoustics, but outside with nothing but hard surfaces, the synthesized bass will be disturbing. It'll be the boom. Boom, right. Boom. That'll kind of rock your house. Boom, yeah. Boom. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Which is what you hear in cars right. when they drive by and it's rattling the windows literally. Yeah. It was, you know, Tim Huck got up and spoke to the council yesterday, um, kind of tongue in cheek and said, I'm sorry that I bothered y'all with this. this. You know, just let's just have no, let's not enforce any ordinances downtown. Let's let open container be legal. Let's just turn it into the red light district. And let's just forget about enforcing any laws downtown. Turn it into the thoroughfare at Deadwood. No laws. Legal weed, he said. Let it all go. Just let it all go. And I'm thinking, you know, we all know it's tongue in cheek. He's like, but he's kind of throwing up his hands saying, are y'all really, do you really care? He's acting like they don't care at all. And we'll see what happens today because the council's got a, um, a compromise decibel level of 75 and then 70 after 1.30 in the morning. Um, will they roll that back to 70 and 65? And if they don't, if they pass this 4 to 3 again, will the mayor veto it again and say, look, this is still unacceptable for mm-hmm. downtown. And maybe it's acceptable for a, a true entertainment district where it's all pedestrian traffic and, you know, right. it's, it's not people living there, etc. Um but and it's not your big live, businesses. People that live in the French Quarter, it, it's been that way for 200 years. They know what they're moving into. Exactly. That's different. This is a new phenomenon with this rooftop club that's blaring this music. And, and you know, I have to all and remind myself. And that's not a true entertainment district. No, it when shouldn't you get go to the that foot far. Of the bridge and right. go into downtown. That and But they their ordinance extends it all the way over down that block. So I... 
which I think is a mistake. I think they ought to look at that. You know, those yeah, council members ought to look at I that agree. and go, this is probably a mistake. Because in the long run, will Hayes on Texas be there in 20 years? The answer is no. Right. We all know that. And, the, and, and so we need to do what's best for the long haul in our community. The entertainment district should go from Blind Tiger, almost said Chelsea's, Blind Tiger, mm-hmm. back toward the river. You bet. That's the entertainment district. Yes. Like it, like it was. Beef it up. Mm-hmm. Coming up, but Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, and Adam Bass all joining us in studio after the news top of the hour. 1017FM710Keel.com. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. You can connect with us on the Shreveport Security Systems Message Board through the free Keel app available in your app store. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of a, a pib brewing at the moment that I li- I need to I need to kind of vent a minute. Okay. Um, Tom I'm here Dark. For you. Yeah, Tom Dark, the CAO. I saw him at the Symphony by the oh, way. Oh, did you? Okay. Saturday night. He um he kind of ran down a list of some of the things that the city is going to use the leftover ARP money, American Rescue Plan money for. The city's got some of it that um they need to use. I think there's a date by the end of next year. They have to get it spent or it has now, to go now back. What was the impetus for the ARP? Funding. It was the uh, Joe Biden's big package during yeah. the pandemic to kind of help After, right, help communities right. who who got hit hard, and uh, revenues were down and they were struggling to kind of make ends meet. So the feds put out the, all these millions of dollars, and some of the things that Tom outlined that he was they were going to propose spending the money on, and he was putting it before the council was a million dollars for the Choice Neighborhood Program at CC Antoine Park. Uh, four million for work at Cyport, the convention center, and city courts. Much of that going to be HVAC work, and some waterproofing work at city court because apparently it's leaking. So they're going to fix that. Uh, and then 1.2 million. Here's where I'm getting a little bit of a, um, a bubble. 1.2 million to rehab the pool and build a spray park at Bill Cockrell, which is Pines Road. Mm-hmm. Um, I know during the bond committee review they've been talking about building a new pool at bill cockrell and i've been told previously by spar folks that the existing pool at bill cockrell was so old that it was pretty much beyond repair that it was pretty much going to need a whole complete uh everything new i'm just putting out a caution there that if don't spend 1.2 million to rehab this pool if you're going to redo it in a year. Yes, if you're going to come to me with a bond proposal in the spring right. for a new pool at Bill Cockrell, don't waste the money. Now, I'm sure they're not going to do that, but I also wonder, is hmm. the pool rehabable? I was told it might not be, that right. it, it is so old and obsolete that it's going to take a new pool. Now, is a million enough to build a new pool? Is this a complete tear up all the guts and, and redo it and make it like new? I'm not sure. I mean, they're smarter than me. They know what they're doing. But I just hope that they don't come <laughs> back in two years and go, yeah, this pool is still, you know, it's still got leaks because we had underground stuff we didn't realize or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just don't come to me in the spring and say you need a new pool at Bill Cockrell. 
because you're now spending 1.2 million to rehab the pool and put in a spray. How park. long has it been in, in empty? Uh, this is the. I think this second was the or second or third year, year it was okay. uh, closed. If it's been empty that long mm-hmm. and unmaintenantized, <laughs> good word. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, no, because then you do you do have issues under the concrete, under the under the actual pool. I think it's gonna. They're gonna. I think this million will take dig it all up and redo it. Um, now, when you say redo it, you mean take the existing concrete out, the existing pool out. I hope that's enough money. I don't know. I don't know what pools cost these days, but I just don't throw bad money. But don't redo it and then turn around in a year and say, let's do a new one now. Yeah, absolutely no. Don't spend $1.2 million redoing something that you're about to completely. Yeah, absolutely. Bad idea. So I'm keeping an eye on it. We'll watch and see. Thomas Presley, Alan Seabaugh, and Adam Bass, all newly elected senators this is the state of Louisiana, joining us after the news. 1017FM710Keel.com. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio right now. Thomas Presley and Adam Bass, newly elected state senators. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know it's because you came in and we did the commercial here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's right. Your uh, vocal talent. And it wasn't mine. It was you. <laughs> uh, Alan Seabaugh is on his way. He just pulled up. Yeah, he's so on the he's, way. In he's the going door. to join us as well. So con- just congratulations. Glad it's exciting to have you here. Y'all are going to be three new senators from our area. Um, first, I got to ask you, Adam, let's start with you because you're brand new to the legislature. Brand new. As you go down to Baton Rouge, what are your top three priorities that you see that the voters here have told you, you go fix this, Adam? Well, we talked about it a lot on the campaign. One of the first things that, that I think we need to attack. Welcome, Alan. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here today. Um, the first thing we want to talk about, we talked a lot about tax reform, and I, and I know we've spent a lot of time on the campaign trail talking about that. We, we have an out-migration here in Louisiana, so we want to make sure that we can attract business and give those kids the opportunities that they need in order to stay here. Second, you and I were kind of talking about before we got in here, we need to really do something with uh, criminal justice reform. I know Alan and Thomas have both spent a lot of time on that also. But it's working so well. Yeah, leave it alone. Well, Uh, you know, (laughs) is is that adjusted for the curve for Louisiana or how does that go? Is that not even for the curve? Is it is it working? Well, we need to we need to spend a lot of time doing that. Of course, infrastructure. I know a lot of people uh, have, have mentioned that every single time someone has run for office. But I, I'm very encouraged. Uh, we, we got an extra 30 day start uh, with with Jeff Landry uh, getting over the line on election day, and as well as Thomas and Allen and myself, uh, we, we've already got a Senate president, and so that's that's tell exciting. us who that is, folks that may not know. Cameron Henry. He mm-hmm. came up and met with uh, a group of people yesterday. I know that each of us also got some time to spend with Cameron and. So, so we kind of get a head start on on ready uh, on being ready to go down and, and start to govern. So it's exciting. All right, Thomas, your your list of priorities very similar, I would assume. Absolutely. Um, are you excited that you will actually be able to get some things done now? I am very excited. You know, having been down there for four years, we were able to get some stuff done. 
but we obviously having a, a Republican governor with a supermajority both in the House and the Senate, um, we're, we're excited. We're ready to run uh, and ready to move Louisiana forward, get Louisiana restarted. You know, the last time that Louisiana grew was uh, comparatively to our sister states was 1910. Uh, and population. So that's really, uh, you know, you could blame the last governor, this governor, the governor before that. Um, but the truth is we've got to reset Louisiana. Um, and when you look at what happened in Florida, when they started putting policies, pro-growth policies in place in 1960, Louisiana and Florida were the same size in population in 1960. We both had 10 electoral votes. Today we have eight and they have 30. Mm. They have more but, beaches than we do, though. Yeah. You know. <laughs> sure, but I mean, 60 years from now, if we put the right policies in place, no, we I can agree. grow multiples of So you're what we saying are the now. population of our state hasn't grown since 1910? Comparatively to our sister states. So we've grown, but in comparison okay. to the rest of the country, I got right? I got you. But you know what has grown bigger than other states? I bet our, our budget. budget. I knew it. Alan Seaball, I, I, I get so frustrated with this, and I, I've heard you with some speeches that, you know, they're, they're better at video games in DOTD than they are fixing roads. And uh, we have got to go in and do some sort of examination of how much money we're wasting. Is that at the top of your list? It, absolutely. It's it's one of those things, if you look at the stagnation that we've had in state government, we've had the money the last couple of years, and we just haven't seen any of it filtering out, um, out outside of the, you know maybe the Baton Rouge area. And look, one of the biggest changes going forward, for the last eight years, we've been playing defense. We, we've, we've had a governor who was out of control, we've had who's controlled the legislature to a large extent, um, the last four years uh, is not how the legislature is supposed to work. Uh, the first couple of terms I was there, you could actually see it a little more efficiently. Um, it wasn't good, but but I'm really, really looking forward to getting started next year and actually playing offense for the first time since I've been there. We can actually start fixing some problems. What we've been doing the last eight years is trying to stop John Bell from making it worse. And we could pass good things and he would veto them all. And we, we only overrode a couple of vetoes. So the, the fact of the matter is, for the first time, we have a conservative House, a conservative Senate, a conservative governor with progressive policies that, that look at, and I don't mean progressive in the liberal sense, but with, with idea, changing things that different than Louisiana has always done. We're still in that Huey Long mindset. Everything goes through Baton Rouge, and we've got to break that. We, we've got to we got to break that hold. And look, it's not going to be that easy because when you when we're going to try to eliminate the state income tax, but to do that, we're going to have to cut spending. We're going to have to tighten it up. Some of those dedications that people really really enjoy are going to have to come off the books mm -hmm. because some of that dedicated spending that that's really tying the hands of the legislature and, and preventing us from putting in, policy, in in place some of the th real reforms that we need are there, and we're going to have to cut some of that. And, and look, we're, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. It, it, we're going to push it, and we've got people ready to do the things that Louisiana needs to do to join Florida or Texas as, as pro-growth states. And nope. we can make Louisiana business-friendly. We can make it attractive to people from out of state. But it's going to take some tightening of the belt and making some tough decisions that are going to be very unpopular with mm -hmm. some people. You bet. But with this supermajority now with a Republican governor, people are going to look back at this moment 10 years from now and go, what would you do with it? Did you make sweeping changes? Did you make things better? So there's some there's some pressure on you guys to actually work together and get things done. Oh, no doubt. And I think that the, the 
the exciting thing is that we have the opportunities to, to really make bold you. changes. Um, and I think, as Alan said, there are going to be some some special interest groups that that are benefiting from the way Louisiana's done things for decades um, that are going to be opposed to what's going to go on in, in the legislature and what's going to go on in Baton Rouge to try to fix Louisiana in the long haul. Um, and I think that that's really important. When you look at occupational licensing in Louisiana, for example, we have 103 identified low and middle income jobs and 77 of them in Louisiana require some sort of licensing from the state. It's incredible mm-hmm. yeah. how much that is holding Louisiana back and holding jobs and opportunities back from Louisiana people. Now, you guys going to hang with us for a while? Absolutely. We'll what a time to the chair. And Absolutely, we, yeah. Adam Bass, Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, all in studio, Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Kill. We'll be right back after the break. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kill. And we are in studio with Thomas Presley, Adam Bass, and Alan Seaball, all newly elected senators. In uh, in what I'm 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 saying, this is an exciting time in the history of Louisiana. Coming in with a, a Republican governor, conservative, hopefully he he holds to that, and uh, some sweeping changes can be made for our state. I want to ask you all, and you can decide who's going to answer this. We feel kind of neglected in this part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been happening for a long time. Is that something y'all are more hopeful today that we can address that all, uh, you mentioned it, a lot of the money stays down in Baton Rouge. We need some problems addressed here. We'll start with you, I guess, Alan. Is that, are you hopeful? Yeah, I'm a, well, the, the bottom line is North Louisiana is never going to outvote South Louisiana. And there's just not as many of us. And, you know, you hear all the statistics, two-thirds or three-fourths of the states, I ten or South. Um, so when I first got there, um, this was probably 2014, I actually formed a North Louisiana delegation. And I thought, what a great idea. There's a capital area. There's an Orleans Parish. There's a Cadiana. There's never been a North Louisiana delegation. So I started a North Louisiana delegation. So maybe we could get together and uh, vote together. And it, it actually got blocked in the Senate. Because there was a senator over there who said, I think this is just a plan for Shreveport to steal CenturyLink from Monroe. Oh, and wow. so when I realized Shreveport and Monroe can't even get together to form a North Louisiana delegation without infighting and suspicion, we have trouble. So I basically at that point I pivoted. And at that point I realized I'm not going to get people to vote with me based on geography. So we switched to ideology. And so that's when we formed the conservative caucus, um, which works really, really well. Because right now what happens is we have members – in, in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, in New Orleans, that may need help with a bill. And they can come within the conservative caucus, and I will help them with the bill. And so then when my, when my, when I want to uh, recover Highway 174 in Sabine Parish, I have now have allies in other parts of the state who owe me one. And so we, we've cut across geographical lines through ideological lines, and we now have allies in all parts of the state. I know Thomas has done a very good job of reaching across uh, all parts of the state and making allies and friends in other areas. So when we go in there, we're not just the guys from Shreveport. We're the conservatives. We're, we're the you know whatever that 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 bond is. We have allies. So uh, I, I do think we're going to be fairly successful going forward. Um, and, you know, Adam's coming in new. But, in fact, I think Adam currently is the only freshman senator that's not a current House member. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. So he's literally the only guy who doesn't know where the men's room is. Big time. Big time, rookie. Big, oh, and I know y'all will play some tricks on him, I'm but sure. We, but we are very confident that he's going to step right in and, and just knowing Adam's personality, and, and I, I think he's going to step right in and, and, and fit in. And But, again, geography is never going to win in North mm-hmm. Louisiana. We've got to find other ways to get to people and reach out and form coalitions. And, and Thomas and I have done a pretty good job of that over the last couple of years, and I know Adam's going to step right in. You know, years ago at Bozier high school seniors used to sell freshmen tickets to use the elevators and the freshmen had to buy tickets <laughs> there, well there were no elevators at Bozier high school well, there, there are elevators in the capital but i understand the tickets are sold by raffle and i'm not yeah. sure what, where i'm at in line so I, i'm trying to figure that out but but to alan's point um thomas and and alan and i have all gotten together we we've really spent some some quality time together trying to understand what we want to go down and accomplish i'm i'm excited very excited with jeff coming in and us coming in although i am the only one that is uh, a true freshman coming in uh, he won't tell you that each of us uh, in the senate are actually freshmen so still some relationships to form some some alliances to make uh, in order to move that ball forward to your point about north louisiana um i i do think and and you can drive around and see there are quite there's quite a bit of infrastructure that has has gone uh unfixed unloved you pick your your word pothole mm-hmm. uh, central where you can make a gumbo in it but but i do think as we go down and we address those i, I feel like jeff has come up here quite a bit um i also cameron has come up uh, as president of the senate first time i've seen that in quite some time we've had a chance to drive them around and show them some of those needs telling them down there is one thing actually driving them around and showing them what those needs are i think will make a big difference and um I know in Caddo and Bozier both, uh, Jeff carried uh, the vote by quite a quite a large margin. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to his leadership. Mm-hmm. The big projects here, Thomas, uh, the Jimmy Davis Bridge, the I-49 inner city connector. Do you think having the the Republicans in control will help speed those up? I sure hope so. I mean, the Jimmy Davis Bridge, where we are seeing uh, work honestly being done, finally uh, being done. Um, and, and grateful for the entire North Louis- Northwest Louisiana delegation working together on that project. Um, I, I, 49 inner city connector. I think we, we had a meeting last week. Um, that's another one that I feel like we're hopefully moving forward with and, and getting ready to, uh, see cones on the ground and, uh, and move forward on that. But I think Adam and, and Adam are exactly, Adam and Alan are exactly right, which is, you know, it's the same distance from Baton Rouge to Shreveport as it is from Shreveport to Baton Rouge. Um, and we very rarely see legislators come up here. I think that's really important. When you, when you drive on I-49 and you actually see that the interstate ends, people don't know that. They don't understand until mm-hmm. you actually have them in the car with you. But we um, have a loop. The loop works great. No. No. <laughs> We've got to take a break. I want to ask you when we come back what leadership roles you guys are going to have, what committees you're looking at, what are you, what are you hoping you'll get assigned to down there? Coming we need up. some bacon. <laughs> Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, Adam Bass, all in studio, Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Now, it's not fair you kept talking when I had to leave the room and go get more coffee. I know. I'm sorry. So we now a, I don't know what we're doing on our Well, we have a real short, short segment here, and so I'm just going to just do a real quick minute, yes or no, or, or one answer or the other before we take a break. Um, Adam Bass, new to the Senate. 
Uh, this whole region wants to know Saints or Cowboys? Cowboys. Oh, okay. Presley? No, no, no. I know, we got to like, evict him. Okay. My, my dad told me a long time ago, not everyone has taste, okay? So just keep your opinion. <laughs> and you just demonstrated that. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. All right, Presley? Can I take the 1995 Cowboys? Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, the 76, 77 oh. Cowboys. Oh. All right, Alan. Well, I'm Saints all the way. Okay, all right. he can stay. Yeah. The, uh, none of my children have ever seen the Cowboys win a playoff game, so I'm going to stick oh, with. Oh, uh, that hurts! You know that's Ow. Isn't that interesting? Ow. That hurts. We got to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about their leadership roles, what they're looking forward to when they get down to Baton Rouge. In studio with Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, and Adam Bass, all newly elected senators. And if you have a question, uh, you can hit us up on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. You've got three newly elected senators right here. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. In studio with Alan Seaboff, Thomas Presley, and Adam Bass, newly elected uh, Louisiana State Senators. One thing I, I do want to ask, I know you want to get to leadership positions, but, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big deal was made recently about, I think there were eight legislators that voted not to bust the spending cap, mm-hmm. and they got some kickback. They got to, okay, you don't want to do, we're going to we're gonna hold projects from you. Uh I hope that kind of shenanigans now with the supermajority and a Republican governor, we can look past that kind of crap. Excuse me. Well, there Anybody were, want to address? There, there were actually 19 of us. That 19. Voted, 19 of us and uh, 18 of the 19 were reelected. So um, it, it didn't really affect us too much. I know up here, uh, Raymond Cruz, Dodie Horton, myself, Rodney mm-hmm. Shammerhorn. I'm thinking, Daniel yeah, I was McCormick, thinking more of a local We were all level. reelected. Um, and, and, and most of them, uh, you know, by landslides. So it didn't really affect reelection too much. Mm-hmm. There was only one kind of an anomaly in South Louisiana, but, um, it, it's one of those things that I don't think you're going to see going forward. What you had there was the, the vindictiveness of a John Bell Edwards. Right. And the, he absolutely controlled the House Speaker and the Senate President. And that is not the way the legislature is supposed to work. I don't think you're going to see that going forward. Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, at this point, I think all everybody in this room is allied with the current governor. I know we're allied with the current Senate president, and I don't think you're going to see that kind of thing going forward. It's not the way it's supposed to work, um, because the fact of the matter is in my Senate district, there's two cities that had water projects that were very important to the people mm-hmm. that got cut because their their, their representative, not me, um, but their representative voted to bust, not to bust a spending cap. And so those projects were cut and you're actually hurting people. I know in Chuck Owens district, they right. cut money to a camp for disabled kids. Um, I mean, it was really not very well thought out. And again, that's not the way it's supposed to work. And I don't think you're going to see any of that going on. Well, forward. I'm excited. I'm excited about this phase in Louisiana. And, and I'm excited about some economic development. But Aaron, you... Uh, leadership positions. Um, Alan, you've been down there a while. Um, are you hopeful you're going to get some, some juicy assignments? And then we'll ask each of you. Yes, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is there's there, the, the, the two big plums in the Senate are revenue and fisc and... Um, finance and that's the budget and then the tax committee uh, one does capital outlay the other does the state appropriations bill um i think we've all three asked for spot on one of those two committees and i feel pretty good about our representation we the report has been fairly well represented in the past but every everybody that we had on those committees is now gone because yeah, we had tarver that, on finance correct we had tarver and i also had barry milligan mm-hmm. on finance 
Um, and so w- what you had now going forward is you're going to have four freshman senators because uh, whoever wins the, the, to replace Greg Tarver is going to be a freshman. Um, so we're, we're all going to be freshmen from a from a seniority standpoint, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're you know at the back of the pecking order. Um, we're, we're all again we all met with this new Senate president yesterday, and I felt very good about the meeting that I had. Um, and the, you know there, there's a possibility that, that that one or more of us will be chairman of a committee. We're not going to be chair of finance, mm-hmm. but we may may be chair of a of a of one of the smaller other committees. Um, which is, you know, so, something that's fairly important. What are you and, hoping for, Thomas? Um, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful for health and welfare. Um, I've served there for the last four years, and then of course one of the the budgeting committees I would mm-hmm. love to be on as well. You know, I think it's so important that that we have representation from North Louisiana and particularly Northwest Louisiana on those committees uh, for exactly the reason that you talked about earlier, which is that. People need to know the projects that are important to Northwest Louisiana. But I also think it's important that we remember we're we're trying to reform the state, right? So we're not looking for Baton Rouge to uh, for us to have a better spot to hand out and dole out money. We're looking for the opportunity to reform the state to move Louisiana forward for decades to come, which means putting more control in the hands of the locals and, and allowing the locals to take on some of the task and, and hopefully some of uh, reform of the tax system so that you're you're putting more money in the hands of locals taking more money away from the, the hands of baton rouge mm-hmm. um but i think it's important that we we have a, a good representation from up here as alan said we had two members of the uh, finance committee uh, i would love to to fill one of those two spots um and hopefully our region will continue to have um, those spots because it's so important that our region is represented on those important committees and adam I asked for Revan Fisk. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot on the campaign trail. We talked about uh, tax reform. As Alan said earlier, if we were to repeal the state income tax, there's nine other states that have done that. All of them are seeing growth. One of the things I asked for that, that I didn't really see during the, the last four-year session, there's a select committee, military and veteran affairs. As far as my district, Barksdale is paramount. We want to make sure that they have everything they need uh, physically, from a legislative standpoint, anything we can do to make sure we support their mission going forward, it, it's huge for our area. Same thing with Fort Polk, uh, now Fort Johnson. Uh, big, huge military installations. They're doing so much for us. And with the, with what's going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. being able to support them. And as you, as you, as you talk to Barksdale and, and what's important as far as the bombers and, and their missions and how they're flying and what they're doing and all those airmen, it's very important that we try to support them. So, we had a long conversation about Rev and Fisk from a tax reform standpoint. We also had a long conversation about military and veteran mm-hmm. affairs. So those, that's where I'm hopeful. We got a question on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Bird Dog wants to know, will these guys advocate for a cap on insurance lawsuits? He says, I met with my insurance agent last week. My rates are going up. No accidents, no homeowner claims. Everything is bundled to take advantage of discounts, yet rates are going up. So he wants to know, do you advocate? And then he said, lawyer, lawyer, insurance agent, I don't have much hope. Whoa. Uh, insurance right. attorney, insurance attorney, insurance advocate. Yeah, you got three good guys. You got a lot of and the, 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 look, the fact of the matter is that's at the top of my list of priorities. Louisiana legislature has been dominated by billboard ambulance chasing lawyers for years. We've had one as governor for the last eight years, which is one of the reasons we hadn't been able to fix it. I mean, look, John Bell Edwards was a billboard lawyer before he became governor. Wow. And that's just a fact. That's why every time we passed anything. Why does that, that was not surprise that me? Because he's sleazy. Um when you, anytime we pass anything that was going to try to fix it, it got vetoed or it didn't make it through the Senate. And, you know, the fact of the matter is 
they get their big judgments. They raise your premiums to pay their judgments. That is the problem. It's a hidden tax living in Louisiana, those high insurance rates. But they come with a lot of lobbying money. They They, they pile it on. And mm-hmm. they spent $700,000 trying to keep me out of the Senate, and they're going to earn every penny of it. <laughs> uh, how soon will we see relief, guys? Mm-hmm. There's going to be an insurance session before the regular session. Okay. And that will help. I think Your hope will. Help. Thomas, too? Yeah. Adam? Yeah, I, I think when you look at, at Louisiana, we're not unique in the South, right? I mean, we've, we've, and we're not unique in this country. Everybody has to have insurance on their cars. Um, everybody has to have property insurance. We've got to do more to make sure that we're following states that are working. It's, it's like everything else. When you're dead last on every list, it's not hard to find a, a policy that works better than ours. Um, I'm encouraged by having Tim Temple uh, as the new commissioner of insurance. I'm hearing a lot of from a lot of my clients who are insurance companies saying a lot of the reason that our rates are as high as they are is because of internal rules in the Department of Insurance. Um, so I'm hopeful that we'll have a positive movement forward with a new uh, commissioner of insurance. I know the legislature is, is very keen on this issue and something that we really want to address. And Adam? Well, and Thomas brought up something that was key. For the first time in a long time, we have somebody with industry experience that's going to be the commissioner of insurance. This not an attorney. Um, you know, at one point during my career, it was just an upgrade that we had somebody that didn't end up behind bars that was serving in that position. So the fact that we have somebody that with insurance experience that's going in there to to try and affect change for for bringing those rates down. And both of these guys are right. From what Alan said, those billboard attorneys, it, it truly is a hidden tax. Okay. And, and what frustrates me a lot of times about Louisiana is it's like it has to be our idea or it's not a good one. We have several other states that are around us that are doing this well. Florida and Texas both doing it quite well, both coastal states. So not everything that we come up with has to be our idea. And I'm an insurance nerd. I'm an insurance agent, as you said. I'm captive. The the company that I represent pulled out of the state entirely in writing commercial insurance. We have a supply and demand problem, okay? Mm -hmm. The demand has stayed what it is, but we've had over 30% of the insurers that have either gone insolvent or pulled out of the state. And so if we don't have the right number of policies, yet demand stays the same, premiums are going to go up. What we have to do is be able to attract more policies in the state, which just like a widget, they're going to come in and try and buy the market. But you made a good point. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. It's like our noise ordinance locally. Yeah. I'm like, it's it, this. somebody has already done it right. Let's look exactly. at what other people are doing right. Let's switch gears real quick before we run out of time. I don't know if you have to leave. Adam's got to go to Minden. So if you do, you just scooch, scooch. But I would like you to stay if you can. I'll untie you in a minute. Um, I got to talk about our roads. We've got, you know, folks say we need to increase that gas tax because we got a $13 billion backlog. And are you guys confident you're not going to increase our gas tax while you're down there on your watch? We're going to find the money somewhere else. I'm confident I'm not going to vote for it. And, and I mean, I, you, you've got my speech. I think you played uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, I hadn't backtracked on that at all. And I mean, that we have the money. We ju- it's just a matter of spending it more correctly, spending it more smartly and funneling more money into DOTD under the structure we've had over the past eight or 10 years is not a very good idea. There's no confidence there. But the fact of the matter is we, we took a little bit of a step forward last year. And I, I feel very confident that the new head of DOTD under Governor Landry is going to be considerably more competent than what we've had over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm comfortable. We, and what Thomas said before was corrected lots of DOTD and everything else. you got to take it out of Baton Rouge and put it, give it more to the locals. Both of you also against a gas tax increase? I'm against a gas tax okay. increase. I am. Adam? Yes. Okay. And I, I want to ask uh, a message board says uh, constitutional carry. 
We're going to eliminate the need for a, a, a separate uh, carry permit? Well, we went over this quite a bit, and Alan demonstrated this, and so did I during the campaign. I can walk around with a gun on my hip now as long as it's open carry, okay? So, But, but all open of a sudden, carry can cause problems in itself. Well, but I, I, if I can do that right now, and I put this jacket on that I have on, no, no comments on what size this jacket is, okay, from you or You're not going to get one from me. You're not going to get one from me, brother. Okay, all right. Well, but all of a sudden, then I'm a criminal. And, and so I think it's very important, and we talked about it, I think, each of us on the campaign trail, that we're both in, are all three in support of constitutional carry. And um, I, I'm not backing up on that from a campaign promise I made. Amen. I think that's something's absolutely going to pass this year. It only needs a majority. Uh, we, we were a couple of votes shy of overriding the governor's veto a couple of years ago. One of the senators that voted no, I just replaced, and I, w- I would not uh, vote in that, that way. But the fact of the matter is we only need a majority. And mm-hmm. we're going to absolutely have a majority, and that's something that will pass in 2024. Thomas, let's talk teacher pay real quick. You guys gave them a $2,000 stipend, not a raise. Are you confident that we're going to move in the direction of a pay raise for teachers? I, I'm confident that, that that will be continued in perpetuity, the, the raise that we gave last year. Um, and I think that, that that was the intent was to keep it going forward. So do you mean uh, a, a $2,000 stipend every year or institute an actual no, pay I think raise? No, I, I think it will be instituted as a as, as part of the, the increase. I think we're, we're going to see uh, movement in, in school choice. I think you're going to see a desire to, um, again, when you look at, at the, the cost of Louisiana's teachers, um, part of that, it's a shared cost between the locals and the state. I think we've got to move more towards uh, more local control, more local involvement, more, more local influence um, in, in how to raise uh, wages in the long haul for our teachers. Well, and, and look, I'm all for raising teacher pay. I voted for it every time I've had a chance, but I think we're having the wrong conversation. Teachers are not state employees. They're employees of the local school boards. Mm-hmm. It is not the state's responsibility to raise teacher pay. It's the state's responsibility to fund local school boards. They raise teacher pay. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're having the wrong conversation. So, uh, again, that's one of those getting the control out of Baton Rouge conversations that we need to have. Because it should not be the legislature's purview to demand how the local districts spend the money. We fund the local districts. They spend the money as they see fit. If they want to give a pay raise, they can. Um, and they should. And I, I'm all for raising teacher pay. But I think demanding or, or including it that way is the wrong way to go about That's it. a good point. We didn't even get to crime today. One more thing on, on education. Bessie votes six to five to give you kind of an out if you don't meet the graduate high school graduation requirements. Senator Kennedy's not not happy about it. Uh, Cade Brumley not happy about it. Are y'all going to turn that policy around? I think that policy is absolutely insane, and absolutely we should turn that policy around. There's an oversight committee Thursday, um, and Michael Mellorine, who was one on the on Bessie that voted no on that bill, is going to present to the committee and say if if it's not overturned um, at this point, we'll introduce a bill uh, in the next legislative session to overturn it. So it's not going to stand. I don't allow my kids to take participation trophies in sports. I, I don't think there's any reason that we should be handing out <laughs> participation you. certificates in education. Oh, we want to try to keep our kids here, don't we? I mean, and, and get them educated and move them on to college or to their next phase. I, that's absolutely what we want to do. Uh, real quickly on crime, um, are, are there some things and some bills we want? Do we want to roll back justice reinvestment? Yes. Is that something we're going to do quickly? Yeah, there's actually a, I started, I created a task force during the session last year that is currently meeting 
And what it's essentially doing is coming up with the list of bills that are going to be addressed in the crime special session that we go into right after swearing in either in late January, or early February. It's the Louisiana Violent Crime Task Force. I think they have one meeting left, but they're putting together a list of bills and proposed legislation that's going to be backed by the sheriffs, the DAs, the attorney general, even the public defender board that's going to be backed by everybody, how we can fix it going forward. Because did the legislature create a problem? A hundred percent. And if the legislature created the problem, the legislature can fix it. Alan Seaball, Thomas Presley, Adam Bask, again, congratulations. Thank you guys so much for coming in this mm-hmm. morning. Thank you. Yeah. Let's, let's do it schedules. again when we have the, the next senator uh, between Jenkins and Glover elected. We'll have you all four in. Sounds great. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, okay. God. Get my headphones on. <laughs> uh, thanks again, all three newly elected senators. Great stuff. If you missed it, it's on a podcast after 9 o'clock. You can go back and listen to it. Just click on the Keel page, Mike and McCarty On Demand. I'm excited about the future. I really am. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about changes that we've uh, been needing for a long time. Uh, eliminating the state income tax, constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, yeah, we need to make some changes. And economic development, we didn't get in as much about that, but I would have liked. Uh, coming up after the news at top of the hour, Royal Alexander going to talk with us about the uh, this ongoing Speaker of the House debacle going on in in Congress. 1017 FM, 710 Key, oh my One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Shreveport Constitutional Attorney Royal Alexander joining us. Royal, good morning. Good morning. We saw where the uh, list of candidates has dropped down to eight now for Speaker of the House. Who pulled out and why? You know, I haven't seen which one of the nine pulled out, but there there are some good selections there, but I don't think there's any as strong as, as our own Congressman Mike Johnson. I, you know, I said that yesterday morning, and, and it's not because I know him and he's, you know, from our area. I genuinely believe he is one of the, you know, just one of the fairest, most sincere guys you'll ever meet. And one of the most intelligent, I think he would be fantastic as Speaker of the House. Uh, you know, I agree. First of all, it would be difficult to overstate the significance of a Louisiana member of Congress well, of becoming U- sure. U.S. House Speaker. But so much of it, as you suggest, is is Mike's personality. I mean, he's that's such a toxic partisan environment there, and yet he... I mean, he's unfailingly polite. He's he's very cordial, very respectful. He is a staunch conservative, but at the same time, he there, there's not he's a need not to obnoxious about it. it. No, uh, certainly not. And keep in mind, I mean, that Republican caucus is is a big group of people. I mean, we're we're from a red state. All the states around here are red states. But in that Republican caucus are people who won Congress Republicans who won their congressional seats in states Joe Biden won. So. The, it's it's quite a cross section of people in the Republican caucus that he would need to appeal to. And do but you I think, think there can, can be I mean, some geographical bias against him? 
Well, I, I don't. I think right now, there. If there were, I think it's faded into now the need to the urgent need to find the speaker. And I think in his time there, again, he's now in his fourth term. In his time there, I think he's proven himself to be someone committed to civility. Remember, he's the one who introduced that resolution, the commitment to civility, he called it. And he did that right when he was elected. And that whole, his whole approach to, to governing and serving, I think, is is one that it w- would appeal to the, the broad section. Again, he needs 218 total votes. And um, I just think if anybody can get it, and maybe nobody can, Maybe they're to the point now that President Trump actually will happen to become speaker, and I'm saying that jokingly. What kind of but odds do you give, Mike? I, I give him better than fifty-fifty, and I would I would be even higher than that, but for the very different personalities. And I mean, you, you have people all the way from conservative firebrands to, as I say, people trying to hold on in blue states. Republicans trying to hold on in blue states to their congressional district all of them get to vote all of them get to decide but i do think his 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 temperament his personality is one that is reassuring he can i think take in and um, you know assemble and and gather all the ideas gather the concerns of that large group of people and say okay this is the policy we're going to use to move forward this is what we've got to do I I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm in other words. I think we're looking for a, a consensus candidate. That, you know, that somebody has to be speaker at some point. And the fact that we've been without a speaker for for two weeks or so does not really worry me. I mean, the the, the House was supposed to be the more volatile of the two chambers. The way the framers set it up, the Senate, with their longer six year terms, was supposed to be the more deliberative body in the House was supposed to be closer to the people and and really more volatile. So nothing that's happened so far concerns me. But we do need a speaker because the power of the purse lies in the U.S. House. In other words, Israel may need some help with, you know, some kind of assistance in, you know, from the attack it's enduring. There are lots of priorities that the Congress has to be involved in by mm-hmm. under our Constitution. Let me ask you this, Royal Alexander, because in Mike's letter, he says, quote, his number one point says restore trust by ensuring total transparency, open processes and regular order. What they're doing is not open. They're behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. They're selecting who their speaker is going to be and then going to come out and vote. So I find that a little bit um troublesome when you say you're going to have total transparency, open processes. Do you think Mike Johnson would do this whole thing differently than the way it's being handled now? I I do. I do. And how you pick your leader is a little different than how you govern. In other words, the U.S. Constitution gives each house, the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, the ability to determine determine its kind of internal processes. And so I think they could be keeping it behind closed doors to avoid the press undoing something. I mean, it's a very sensitive time. I don't think them as Republican members of the conference, because the Democrats could be, you know, would be caucusing themselves too and would like to probably keep things quiet until they decide if the roles were reversed, who our leader is going to be. But I do think, to answer your question, I do think Mike would do things in a much more transparent way. And we shouldn't have ever gotten away from regular order. I mean, I was there for almost eight years, two different members of Congress I worked for from Louisiana. And 
the, the process works best when you do the committee process, when things come up in subcommittee, then get voted on by the full committee, and then if enough people support it, go to the full House floor. That's that's how things are supposed to, to be done, not have these huge trillion-dollar spending bills that get rammed through at the last minute before, you know, because they can't. Do we think we have a speaker by the end of the week? I think there's a good chance we have a speaker by the end of the week. Oh, Royal Alexander, constitutional attorney, worked on Capitol Hill for a long, long time. Thanks for your time. Good talking to you, Aaron. Mm, you Bye. bet. Thank you so much. 101.7 FM. Seven. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, yesterday was the city council work session. Today, the city council meeting at 3 o'clock on the agenda mm-hmm. is the revised noise ordinance. Yes. That they're saying now 75 and 70. Is that what the numbers are? 75 decibels and 70 decibels in the early morning hours after one thirty in the morning. Um, Still you know, too I'm, loud. Still I'm, too loud. And I, I think Tim Huck got before the council yesterday and he was kind of um, tongue-in-cheek saying... Ah, just forget it. Never mind. Don't have a noise (laughs) ordinance. Let it be the wild, wild west downtown. Let's have weed. Let's have open container. Let's have underage drinking. Let's have it all. Um, I think he was just kind of, you know. Why enforce any laws if you're not going to enforce all the laws? And the big question is, if it's 75 and 70, and if the mayor thinks that's still too loud, does he veto that one? Or have they come to a kumbaya with the mayor and said, let's try this, um, and he's agreed. I would think they would have gone to him and said, what would you be agreeable to before they would have come forward with numbers? You know, I, I can't imagine they would come forward with numbers that are going to get vetoed again. That would be kind of silly. You need to communicate with your mayor and say, is this acceptable to you? And see, now I don't know if the mayor is acceptable with 75. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't specifically asked him that. But we will. Um, And then does he veto it again? And then do they come back and lower it? I think everybody probably is palatable at 70 and 65. But I don't know. I don't know that. And they need to test it. They need to see, you know, what is it actually going to sound like? That's Mm -hmm. the big question. And and like I said yesterday, you know, let's do it. Let's let's implement a 90-day test period Mm -hmm. and see how it works, you know. But, but. We're not reinventing the wheel. Right. Other cities have implemented a successful noise ordinance. Why is this difficult? Why are right. we spending so much damn time on this? Exactly. And you and you know what? You have a uh, the guy, the RJ Johnson, your director of council affairs. Has he done the research? Have you looked at other cities? And maybe he has, and I'm and I'm not privy to it. Perhaps he has, and they've said, look, this is what, you know, the average city. But I did it, too, for some of the cities in our region, mm-hmm. and most of them are at 70. Most of them are at 70. You're going to have a, Nashville's a little higher. Uh, New Orleans is maybe a little higher, but they're different animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all will admit those are different animals. But if you're looking at Tyler, Longview, uh, Little Rock, Jackson, Mississippi, Lafayette, et cetera, they're all in that 70 range, and... You know, and we have an issue right now in our downtown that we need to protect the downtown. Well, it's a, a critical, we're at a critical stage at the, right now. And the fact that they they ex, 
expanded the entertainment district, I think is another example of kowtowing to a particular business owner mm-hmm. because you've got friends on the city council. Right. Because that's not that that's that's not an entertainment district area. It's a business and residential area. And I had a silly idea, and I know people are going to text me and say, you can't do that. You, why not make some sort of deal with the owner of Hayes to move into a spot on the Red River District, which Shreveport has control of much of that, and say, look, this would put you in the entertainment district. You would now be you know, be under different rules. You could do things down there that you can't do right there on the middle of Texas Street. You know, I don't know if, if the city could even do that. Could you make some sort of arrangement? We'll trade your property for ours, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to keep all those kinds of clubs in the entertainment district where they would have a little bit of a different rules and, and they're, and you can't drive through the Red River district. I mean, it's something right. that is blocked That's where off. People are walking and, mm-hmm. and can, and can gather and enjoy being, you know, around each other. And you know, those crowds that we're seeing on the weekends, if they're down under that bridge, and they're enjoying the music and whatever. They're not disturbing traffic. Right. They're not disturbing, you know, other people that are going downtown for other businesses. Security or for could also would also be easier to to be able to control. Absolutely. In so, that you know, area. And again, I don't know if you legally can go in and say, "Hey, let's let's find a new location for you." No, and you're the business owner. I'm not moving. I'm not moving my business. I like what I have here. But I mean, think about it. Is it a possible option? Perhaps. And then you have other club owners go, yeah, I want one too. I want a, I want a building too. Fix mm-hmm. me up. But well, we yeah, got to figure right. out the problem for downtown. They've got to make it right. They've got to do it right and not half booty it because they've got a buddy. You can't do it because you got a buddy. You just can't. Well, apparently you can. That's sad, Mike. That's real <laughs> well, sad. It is sad, and it's 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 frustrating, you mm-hmm. know. And I and I think of <laughs> people like Liz Swain. That's trying to, you know, there are some exciting things that are happening downtown. Mm-hmm. The the event that we went to on Sunday with uh, down at the Caddo Commons Park. Yes. Beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Uh, revitalizing a lot of that area with businesses and residential areas. And, I mean, there was a cross-section of people from the, you know, city of Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Bozier that were gathering together, enjoying the time downtown yes. in, a, in a wonderful event food trucks and there's there could be a lot more of that you bet and to say that at you know one in the morning just because the music's loaded it doesn't affect business well yes it does right absolutely because when you're you when people are scared to go downtown period that 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 fright doesn't end at two in the morning absolutely they're just not going to go down there they're not going to go down period mm-hmm. you bet so yeah, let, let's let's got to figure it out. Get it together. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike and now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten. Keel. No, my my feelings, my feelings aren't hurt. I, I that, I'm that, sure y'all both are devastated that you that you got ju- asked to judge. I've been doing it a long time, so it, it, it's I know I know. It's well, okay. <sighs> I I uh, had talking a, about the Heroes Barbecue mm-hmm. last Friday, which by the way was phenomenal. Oh, incredible! But it's too much food, and now I get to take home the the food when I'm done. I take a little bite of about sixty pieces of barbecue. 
So I go home with a bunch of ribs, a bunch of chicken, and a bunch of uh, brisket. And so I said, and I like to use the um, the chicken in my salads. It's perfect. And then the ribs, I'm, I froze them, and, and I gave some away, to be honest with you. But I said, I'm going to give Mike and Rube. Now I'm going to throw something at the you. The brisket. I'm going to give Mike and Rube the briskets because I don't need to be eating all that brisket. So I had it. This morning I got up, and I had some spare time, and I got it all. It was in one of those big styrofoam containers, you know, with the folding door right, or whatever. Right, yeah. Stacked up to the brim with brisket. Got it all packed up good, put it in a nice plastic bag, tied it up tight so it wouldn't leak, no leaking or anything. And I got it ready, and I set it there. And I, when I'm going out the door, I grab my water bottle, my phone, my purse. I forgot the brisket. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ruben. Jeez. I left left it. it. Not only did you forget it, you didn't leave it in the fridge. You left it on the table. On the kitchen table. Sitting right there. Now, is, is Bo known to jump up on counters or tables and get stuff? Very rarely. Well, maybe. But here's the problem, you guys. I'm sorry to tell you this. I decided this morning, usually I feed him in the morning, but I thought he, he ate a big bowl of food yesterday. So I said, look, I'm going to feed you at lunch. When I get home, I'll feed you at lunch. So I didn't leave him any food this morning. And he's going to be around that house. So now yep. he's got that powerful canine nose. With the Smelling brisket. that smoked brisket. And an empty bowl of food. No food in it. Can you check? You've got a security camera in your home, Last don't I you? checked, it was still sitting there. But my worry is, is it still good if it's been sitting out for like three or four hours? I'm not worried about that. Yeah, two or I'm three days, I'd be going, no, yeah. no thank you. <laughs> but two or three hours? You're good. Yeah, go home and put it back in the fridge, and, and I'm good. Bring it tomorrow. For tomorrow morning. Now, bring an extra container so Reuben and I can divvy it up. Yes, I will have to do that. But I, I felt so idiotic, and I didn't realize it until I sat in this chair. I went... <laughs> I forgot the brisket. Well, here's to, here's to hoping that Bo didn't get the best breakfast ever. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd be a happy pup. Uh, did Mardi Gras, did the crews come to an agreement with the uh, mayor and the administration? We'll talk about that after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Q. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Q. Well, the uh, crews, have they come to an agreement with uh, the mayor? What are the deets? Uh, are this earlier start time? Uh, I, I'm disappointed that they've decided to eliminate, like, the marching bands and any of the uh, the other, what are, what is it called, the uh, uh, extra Specialty, features, yeah, special I, features? I, yeah, I'm not sure what they call it. Um Let's just say they have a deal, is what I'm told. They've been kind of told don't divulge anything until the mayor's doing a news conference this morning. And then after that, I've asked the mayor to come on tomorrow and kind of explain oh, you know, what the, okay. the deal is. Um, I do know Crew of Centaur has put a message on their Facebook page. Um, I would like to announce there will be a press conference at 11 o'clock tomorrow, meaning this today. With Mayor Arsenault, in reference to our contract, everyone, let's get ready to roll. I'm told they have a deal by a couple of members of the different crews. Um, the, the start time looks to be about 2.45-ish, I think. 
Um, the mayor wants it to be over by seven. Hence the no more uh, extra features, just floats. It looks like it's going to be just floats, no marching bands, none of those other things that roll with the parade. Because that, you know, that's, the mayor wants to tighten it up. Mm -hmm. He wants fewer delays. Because if you have a a marching band or a dance line or something and they stop to do one of their routines, well, the float in front of them keeps moving. And And the floats behind them all have to stop. All have to stop. Right. And so you have a gap in the parade. And when there's a gap in the parade, that's when people get bored and they get up to mischief and they do silly things. That's one of the concerns. So we can't have nice things because people are stupid. People are stupid. That's kind of part of the point. Now, in this, the mayor's got, um, he's got power to fine the crews if their gaps are too long, um, if they go past 7 p.m., and you know, I've been told by a couple of the the members that you know, we're gonna we're gonna go by the letter of the law. I am told it's a one year deal deal only, so that it this is really? a kind of yeah, it's not a multi year deal that we're gonna go we're gonna do it one year, and we're gonna see what happens after that. We're gonna see if we need to make any further changes, but we all know that security was the issue. The mayor kept saying mm-hmm, we need right. more police officers. We can't man you know a parade the African American parade in the morning and then the Centaur parade later in the day. Um, Billy Nungesser stepped in with the Tourist Bureau, and they apparently went out and found security. They'll outline who the, who that's going to be. So How, have, we, have we, is it park rangers? Do we have, do we know yet? We don't know yet. They're, okay. Hopefully they'll outline it today during the news conference. Who's coming in? How many are coming in? What will they be doing? Um, because, I mean, they're not going to be, they're not going to be as familiar with the community. So you would assume they would be at those areas where you're directing traffic or things, you know, things no, like that. They're going to be familiar with idiots, though. They're, they are going to be familiar with idiots. And they're they, in law enforcement at all. And they do have to be, I believe, post-certified, so they would have arrest right. powers and that kind of thing. Um, we just have to hope that our community doesn't act a fool for these parades and really jeopardize them for the future. Because if, if that happens, then... You know, we'd all be sitting here the next day going, this is why we can't have nice things. Because mm-hmm. people acted stupid. And now this mayor is going to say, I told y'all, this is a problem. This is why mm-hmm. I made these changes. Yes, exactly. And now we're going to have to tighten it up even more. So I'm hopeful that they can, you know, we can have the, and it's not the crew's fault, it's the crowds. It's the crowds that do silly things that cause problems. And and a lot See, of it. When you say silly that that sounds charming and, and I know, you know I know like, you know what no. I mean. Stupid. Yeah, dumb arse things. Right. Is that okay, Ruben? I don't know. <laughs> but you just and, don't and, say dumbass. Dumb yeah, okay. exactly. And it's a, and a lot of it ties to alcohol. People line up out there at seven in the morning. They start drinking and they start drinking and they keep drinking. And if you hear somebody say, "Hey, y'all, watch this." Get back. Yeah. Just move away. Move away. Go to another area because <laughs> that ain't good. Hold yeah. my bear. Uh, yeah. No, it ain't good. And it's not good. And, you know, people need to use a little restraint for crying out loud. There's children out there. There's families. It's just not. History the, doesn't bode well for that happening, though. I know. You're absolutely right. And, and people want to throw one down. You, you, anytime you combine several thousand people with a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. you're going to have you're going to have stupidity yeah that happens you're right well, uh, well we'll find out the meeting the press conference today mm-hmm. and we'll find out what the changes are you bet and uh we'll we'll, let, we'll pass that along mm-hmm. mike and mccarty 1017 fm 710 keel and on the free keel app